The As You Go podcast is the new home for sermon audio from Aspen Grove Church. In addition to great family devotional content, you can now also catch up on messages from our Sunday services, as well as enjoy the accompanying family devotion. We hope you enjoy listening. Now, once again, as we begin today, it is a joy to celebrate as a church body, as what I really do consider to be a church family, our church anniversary. Over the lifespan of our church, as most of you are aware, we have learned that starting a church from scratch is hard work. And I'm happy to say that while nothing has come easily for us over time, I think that all of us have learned to seek the Lord in humility through all of this. I believe that God has shaped Aspen Grove Church into something really special. And I'm just, I just want you to know I'm really, really thankful for it. I'm thankful for the vision for Aspen Grove Church that God gave to us. That we want to be a church that is rooted, reaching, and replicating. You hear those words all the time from us. It's on our announcement slides most of the time to say this is why we're doing what we're doing. I'm thankful that from the very beginning, we have been driven to be a church that is rooted, in Bible study, prayer, worship, and biblical community. We believe those things to be the things that give us nourishment, just like the roots of a tree bring the nourishment to the health of the tree. These are the things that we do generally together so that we grow and become spiritually healthy. Those are our roots. We pray, we study, we worship, and we share in life together. Secondly, I'm thankful to be a church that is reaching. We typically say that we're reaching through evangelism, generosity, local community service, and missions. Those are the things that prove that we are growing the Lord. The better our rootedness is, the more we will see those reaching things happen. We will become more evangelistic when we become more knowledgeable of the truth of the gospel. We will become more involved in missions and local community service and generosity the more that we devote ourselves to the Lord in everyday life. Like the branches growing from a tree with a healthy root system, those are the ways in which we try to be reaching. And lastly, I'm thankful to be a church that is replicating. We say that we're replicating through individual discipleship, family discipleship, leadership training, and church planting. That's the ultimate goal for us. All the things that we do here in the church to be rooted and as we are reaching is to grow other people into the goodness of a relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to raise up kids and disciple them into the faith. We want to reach out to our community and disciple other people. That's why we provide every single week individual discipleship questions and family devotions, as well as a family devotion podcast that goes out based on our sermon every single week. We provide those things for a reason because we want to be a church that is replicating. And I am so thankful for all that God has called us to be as a church. And on a very personal level, I do want you to know what a joy it is for me to be a pastor to you. Uh, and I'm, I, I think Jen is probably gonna smirk like I'm, I don't mean this. I'm being very sincere, but you are a wonderful, pleasant, caring, passionate group of people that I have such joy in serving and shepherding, and I'm thankful to be your pastor. And with that idea of thankfulness in mind, I came across a passage this week from the book of Ephesians that has everything to do with Paul's thankfulness for the church at Ephesus. And the reason I'm referencing it now, 
We've been studying the book of Acts, as you know, for 21 weeks so far, and we have many more weeks to go. We're taking a break from the book of Acts today, but you also may have noticed that over the last several weeks, as we've studied the book of Acts, we've had verses from the book of Ephesians that have paired well perfectly with the things that we've seen going on in the book of Acts. So I wanted to reference this book once more this morning as we think about thankfulness for our own church. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. What we're going to do today is I'm going to read the entire passage at once, and then we're, there's no other way for us to understand this than to go through it bit by bit and kind of build out our understanding as we go. So this is the whole passage together. Paul says about the church in Ephesus, he says, for this reason... Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So at first reading, don't beat yourself up if you got a little bit lost there. This is a classic New Testament letter, total run-on sentence. We just read a total of eight entire verses, and there were only two periods in there. That was two sentences, if you can believe it or not. Tons of commas, only two periods. This is a wild thing that Paul has written. It's almost as if he's so excited as he writes these things down that the person writing for him can't keep up with all of this that he's spilling out. Thought after thought after thought, one link to the next. And it's a little hard for us to make sense of these things sometimes. So let's walk through it slowly. We'll try to diagram it a bit together as we go. Look back once again at verses 15 to 17. <clears throat> He began by saying this, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, I should note that in the verses that preceded this, Paul has already given some reasons to be thankful for this church. He's given those reasons to celebrate what Christ has done in them. But now Paul says that he is thankful for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. He's thankful for the work that God is doing among the people of this church. And I join with him in that level of thankfulness. Because here at Aspen Grove, I haven't just heard of these things about you. I have witnessed these things with you. I have known personally of your love for the Lord and of your great love for one another. And it is for that reason that I join Paul in saying, I do not cease to give thanks for you. But Paul doesn't just give thanks. He says that he gives thanks for them and that he remembers them in his prayers. 
So I want you to understand, he's linking these two things as if to say, I'm glad for what has been done, but I'm praying for more. I'm glad at what I've seen God accomplish among you, but my prayer is that we see an increase of what God has already done. God isn't finished what God has done. We should expect and insist that he continue to do it. It's good for us to praise God and give thanks for what he's done for us as individuals and for us as a church. And it is also good for us to desire more of that. And here's where we can kind of begin the, the diagram. What has God done? What is it that he's giving thanks for and praying for God to do more of? He said very clearly in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. In the church as a whole, and as the local body of Aspen Grove Church, this is what God has done and what we pray that he will continue to do. The church has and will continue to grow in the knowledge of him. This is Paul's thankfulness for the church at Ephesus and what he prays will continue for them, that they will grow in the knowledge of God. He has revealed himself to us and we can know God. He has changed us and given us knowledge and wisdom, as Paul said. God has shown himself to us so that we may know him. And as much as we have known him up until now, in addition to being thankful for that, we say, God, we know you, we've seen you at work among us, and we want to see you more and more known at Aspen Grove Church. And if we are to know him, if we've known him in the past, then the question would be, what is it that we know? So we're going to draw a branch off that word knowledge and talk to see what Paul says. What, is it, what are the things that he's praying for and thankful for the church knowing? First of all, look, at back, look back at verses 18 to 19. He says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might? We as Aspen Grove Church, like the church at Ephesus, have known these things in the prayers that we continue to grow in that knowledge of these things together. Let's go through the list really quickly together. First, Paul says, with, our, with the eyes of our hearts and minds, he prays that we can know the hope to which he has called you. So what are we to know? We are to know his hope. I feel like we often get this wrong when we come across the word, the word hope in the Bible. We think of hope typically as being wishful thinking. That is not the biblical picture of hope. Hope in the Bible is not really wishing that maybe these things are true. No, hope in the scriptures is, I hope in this, meaning that I have full faith that this is absolutely true, that I can be absolutely sure of it. We know what Jesus has done for us. Our hope does not put us to shame. We are sure of what Jesus has done. We have a steadfast hope in Jesus Christ. We can know for sure that by the shedding of his blood, our salvation and reconciliation to God is achieved. It is secure. We know his hope but we pray that we will continue to grow in the knowledge of that hope. 
Secondly, Paul says that we can also know this. The next thing that we can know is, he says that we can know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And that seems like a weird phrase. It seems a little bit odd if you read it directly. At first glance, it feels really kind of uncomfortable in a way. We've talked about before that we have our inheritance in Christ. That by faith in him, we are adopted as sons and daughters of God, which means that all that belongs to the son also belongs to us as our inheritance. Our inheritance is that we are completely united with God through Jesus Christ. Paul actually talked about our inheritance in verses 11 and 14, which we didn't get to read this morning, just before this passage. Paul says that we have obtained our inheritance in Christ and that it is guaranteed that's our inheritance. But this, that Paul just said, is not about our inheritance. He says that we can know his glorious inheritance. So that should cause us to ask, ask the question, well, if we inherit all the things that are God, then what is it that God inherits? Well, by the saving work of Jesus Christ, God inherits us. His inheritance at, is, as it said in the passage, in the saints. We are his inheritance. His inheritance of the people that have been saved, all believers everywhere, all Christians gathered to God by the work of his son are his inheritance. That means that the church, all believers, are his glorious inheritance in the saints. In that way, we should understand that we get to know the riches of the church. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, that's us right now living as his church because we are reconciled to God. We get to experience this special connection with one another because of him. And it's a rich and glorious thing. We get to know the riches of a community of people that are bound together and drawn into the love of God and to one another. We get to know and experience the riches of his glorious inheritance in the church. Third, Paul said also that we can know and pray to know more. He says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his great might. In other words, God has displayed his great love and his great power and might through Jesus Christ. The existence of churches like ours is a testament to his power. So the next thing that we can know is this. We can know the greatness of his power. These are the things that Paul is thankful for at Ephesus and the things that he wants to pray for them to continue to know. He wants us to know the power of Jesus Christ. And we do know this. Jesus is powerful and strong. He is at work among us. We have seen his might and we long to see it all the more. Our desire as a church is to know and experience the power of God in Jesus Christ. Now, here's where, where Paul's language continues to be a bit tricky. Again, all that we have just studied so far and all the many sentences that I have said are still only part of the one sentence that Paul has said so far. So as he continues, he says, look, look, I pray and thank God that you know him, 
These are the ways that you know him. And now the next branch that comes is coming off the power. The last thing that we learn that we can know is about the power of God displayed through Jesus Christ. And Paul is going to expound on that power for just a second. So we'll draw another branch off the word power. So what is the greatness of his power that we can know? Look back at verse 20. It said that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So the first thing that we can know about the power of God is this. Jesus was raised and has ascended, as we say. Jesus was raised from the dead and has ascended. That's an awful lot of power. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. His real, physical, crucified body was resurrected and really dwelt among people for over a month. And that same risen Jesus ascended into heaven and took his seat on the throne at the right hand of God. That is the power of God on display. We can know his power because we know his resurrection and ascension. How else can we know his power? Look at verse 21. Paul adds that far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. In other words, the risen Jesus is above all rule and authority. So we can also know, in terms of the power of God, that Jesus is the highest authority. He has the highest authority over all things. He is that powerful. As we read and just studied in the book of Colossians before, as we open our service with today, Jesus is Preeminent. That means superior above all things. He is the firstborn of all creations. By him, through him, and for him all things were created. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. None can match his authority. He has the highest power and authority. And finally, Paul finishes this section that has been one single long sentence up to this point with one little short sentence at the end to tie it all together. Look at verses 22 to 23 as Paul closes this section. He said, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The all-powerful Jesus who stands as the highest authority over all creations, is given to us as the head of the church. So this is the last thing that we can understand. In terms of his power, Jesus is the head of the church. He's the one steering the ship. He is the authority to which we turn, the guide for us in all things, in all manner of our living. As those who are gathered as his saints, as his inheritance, we look to Christ. What we are doing here is not just a social cause. It's not a club. It's really not just a ministry either. The church is, as the passage said, his body. He is the head. He is the guide and director of everything that we do. Jesus is the one in, char in charge of the church. And we are glad to be subservient and submissive to the power of Jesus Christ. Why? Because as his church, the verse says, we experience the fullness of him. It is in the context of our local body of believers that we receive 
the best of who Jesus is as we grow in the knowledge of him and as he displays his power among us. The church, which is his body, is the expression of all of his fullness, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And for that reason, it is good to be part of a church. And I am thankful for Aspen Grove Church because through the work of Jesus in our church, we have grown to know God. My prayer is that we continue to know him more. I'm thankful that because we have such a sure hope, because we experience the riches of being his inheritance in the saints, and because we bear witness to his power on display that he is at work among us, and we can be sure of this, so we will continue and go forth in the knowledge and the power of God. Let's pray together today. God, we are absolutely thankful for all that you have done through Jesus Christ. More than making a name for ourselves, we desire for your name to be made great. In our individual lives and in the life of our church, working and ministering to this community, we pray that your name will be lifted high above all things so that there will be no denying Jesus is the head of Aspen Grove Church. We're thankful for your work among us. And as Paul said, we're not just thankful for what you've done. We pray and desire for more and more. So God, continue to work in us and through us, however you see fit, according to your will. In your name we pray.